You are listening to the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center's Pastors Scott and Tina Witwam. We've been studying and talking about kingdom financial prosperity. In the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about multiplied increase. And we're going to continue. We're going to, we may finish that lesson this week. We, we may not. We'll just see what the Holy Spirit has for us as we go. Praise the Lord. But we've been using Romans 13.8 from the Amplified is our key verse. And what a, I mean, this, what a powerful verse. I mean, it starts out, keep out of debt. I mean, if they just put an exclamation point there, made a whole chapter of it, that'd be good advice. Keep out of debt. Oh, no man anything except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor and practicing loving others has fulfilled the law. And this is what's so powerful, meeting all the requirements. Because what did Jesus say when asked which the greatest commandment was? He said all the commandments are wrapped up in this. If you love one another, if you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and love your neighbor as yourself, you fulfilled the law. And so when we, when we get to the place where our response to people is love, we will have gotten to a place where we have met all the requirements of God's law. And it's so, it's so easy because you think about it. If I love you, I'm not going to try to rip you off. If I love you, I'm not going to try to covet your stuff. I don't want to take your stuff away. I'm not going to steal from you, lie from you, cheat with you, or on you. You know, if we just love. It's a high bar to reach. But you know what? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can, we can get there. We can get there. We can make, in fact, it's in Romans 13, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 13, it says we can actually obtain we can actually work towards it. We can actually become because we have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? Amen? Father, I thank you for the opportunity to talk about your kingdom again. Your kingdom is one of prosperity. Prosperity in health. Prosperity in our minds, our souls. Prosperity in our finances. Prosperity in our, our, uh, our spiritual lives. Our relationships with you. We're made to prosper. And today, as we talk about kingdom financial prosperity, I ask that you lead and, and, and guide the conversation by the power of your word. I thank you, Lord, that we are anointed to walk and live in the covenant's prosperity. And today, we'll be sure to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all of the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, just to review a little bit, we've talked about two systems of finances and we spent several weeks talking about the Babylonian system of finance and really we're going to we're taking a whole lot more time to talk about the kingdom system of finance because that's the system of finance that we should be living in the kingdom financial system because it's a system of increase it's the system we were designed to live in a system of increase you know somebody uh, you know once asked about, aren't you concerned about, you know, the greed that goes along with, with financial increase and prosperity? Well, no, see, see, greed is the opposite of what we're talking about. See, the Babylonian system was based on greed, about all I can get, all I can have. The kingdom financial system is truly about the blessing of God. Because true prosperity is having enough to meet all of your needs, but then having enough left over to meet the need of the world. And see, when, you, when you're focused, when you're kingdom focused, you're interested in meeting the need of the world. 
God, let me be a river that flows with finances through me so that we can bring the kingdom to the world. We can bring salvation. We can bring healing. We can bring health to the world. But it's going to, it takes finances to do it. It took finances in Jesus' time. It takes finances now. And when we get a different mindset about how finances work, greed shouldn't have any place because it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. But Solomon wisely said money answers all things because he understood the power of the, uh, of the blessing of prosperity. He understood the power of money. He understood what it could be used for when it's in the hands of righteous people. Amen? So we talked about the fact that Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is mentioned 147 times in the New Testament. Jesus did not come preaching salvation. He came preaching the kingdom of God. Salvation is an outflow of experiencing the kingdom of God. When you experience the kingdom of God, you want to get into the kingdom of God. You want to come through the sheepfold door, as the Bible says. You want to enter in. You want to have a relationship with Jesus. When you understand the kingdom and everything God has designed us to be, we want to get in. Uh, kingdom financial increase requires communion with the Holy Spirit. And this is, let me just stop here for a second. This is so important because communion with the Holy Spirit is not a formula. We don't come in and go, okay, if we sing this song and we sing two fast ones and two slow ones, if we turn the lights up and down at just the right time, then the Holy Spirit will show up. No, the Holy Spirit, the kingdom is on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of us. And we're to be led by the Holy Spirit through the communion that we have with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. And there are many people who experience uh, I would say, prosperity based upon God's principles, but never fully experience kingdom financial prosperity because they never experience it with the peace and the joy and the contentment that comes with the Holy Spirit. I've known many people who ha have been givers, you know, trying to win God's uh, uh, you know, slot machine, like throwing $100 bills in, pulling the, the one-armed bandit, and hoping that the hundredfold return comes. Now, the principles of God, just like gravity, are always in effect. Whatever a man sows, he'll also reap. But see, the Bible talks about this thing called zoe. It's the God kind of life. It's the kind of life with nothing missing and nothing broken. See, if you're missing peace, then you're not experiencing all God has for you. If you're experiencing torment, you're not experiencing all God has for you. God wants us to live in the kingdom's system, and that happens through a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's why in Matthew he said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we have the capability. We have the capability. But we have to be renewed. We have to, to learn that communion, that to spend time with the Holy Spirit. Because it's not a formula. It sure be easy if it was. But faith isn't easy. Faith isn't easy. Faith requires reliance. It requires trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will direct your path. 
But God wants us to use what we've already been given to receive what he's already prepared for us. We've already been given the Holy Spirit of promise. And he wants us to interact with him so that we can receive what he's already prepared for us. And Jesus made it pretty, pretty simple for us. He says, the key is to hear my word and do it. I mean, think about it. I mean, all of this wisdom that gets taught throughout all the ages about how to, how to receive and, and, and enter into the blessing of God, and Jesus makes it pretty easy. He says, hear my word and do it. But we make it complicated, especially when religion gets in. You know, and, and denominations, man, they start out because of some powerful move. Every denomination, there was some powerful move, some real compelling for why uh, they do what they do the way that they do it. But the problem is, 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 is they built an altar, they built a camp, they built a set of rules around it. And now they've confined, tried to confine the Holy Spirit. Why did Jesus do things differently all the time? Because the Holy Spirit is not constrained. He's unrestrained. And that's why we need to be led by him. There is no checklist. I wish there was a checklist. I mean, I don't particularly want to be spitting on people all the time. So I'm glad that wasn't top number on the checklist. You know, communion with the Holy Spirit's important. Jesus said, just do what I do. We talked about the three ways to become debt-free and begin building wealth. And what we're talking about right now is multiplied increase. We're talking about multiplied increase. And I want to get back again because we shared two examples on listening to the Holy Spirit that are, that are monumental, I think, and can be applied in today uh, for us re- regarding receiving multiplied increase. And that's first off understanding that, that God's provision is always designed to go before us. It's the law of the Sabbath. It's the law of the double portion. It's the, it's the law of, the, of Jubilee. His provision is to go before us. And, you, and remember in 1 Kings 17, Elijah, he is at his place of provision. God has put him in his place. He could have retired. I mean, the food delivery company was bringing him food every day. Raven air. Every day. And he was by a stream of still blue waters. You know I mean? That, the, 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 the most pure water was probably flowing right right by him, and it said that he, he, he got all of his water provision, all that he needed, and all of his food provided to him. He was under a tree. He was probably in his barca lounger, kicked back with his feet up, thinking, Lord, I have arrived. I've arrived. I dealt with Ahab. I dealt with Jezebel. I have made it, man. I have made it. And then the brook dried up. The brook dried up. His provision dried up. And the Lord spoke to him and said, Go. I've already sent your provision. I've already spoken to a woman and sent him. And he had an encounter with a widow woman who was about ready to make her last meal and die. And so, you know, the prophet, being anointed and all, probably brought her groceries, set her up. Said, here's a, a, you know, a bottomless card for Safeway or fries. You know, just go and get all you need. God, your provision has arrived. Well, that's not the way God worked. God said, oh, you're about ready to make your last meal. Eat it and die, huh? Well, why don't you go make me a meal first? Why don't you go make me a meal first? You know, prophet takes last penny of widow. But there's a principle in there that God sends a provision and we need to be led by the Holy Spirit because our natural mind, when we come to a woman who doesn't have anything, would not be to say, hey, give to me first. 
give into the gospel, give into this thing. Our first provision would be, what can I do for you? But see, sometimes things don't work the way our natural mind thinks. That's why we have to have communion, be led by the Holy Spirit. And I, I know that John Osteen, Jerry Seville, and Norval Hayes all have you know, encounters that were very similar to this, but I'm going to share Jerry's because he shared it here a few months ago when, when we were in a meeting that he was speaking in. And uh, he talked about, you know, he was out and he was, he was sharing the message of faith. Sharing the message of faith and how you can sow in the, the kingdom and God would provide, you know, supernatural abundance. You would reap what you sowed. And I remember he, there was a lady that came and wanted to put some money into his ministry, but she was broke and he knew it. And he said, he wasn't going to take it. And she said to him, what, don't you believe what you're preaching? Well, that's an encounter. That's an encounter. See, God has a different way of doing things than what the way we would do them. That's why we have to be in tune to the Holy Spirit. And then we see Elijah again over in, in 2 Kings chapter 4. When he has an encounter with a widow woman who has lost her husband and her sons are about ready to, to go into a bondage, into servitude, to pay the debt that the husband had, had incurred before he died. And Elijah does something that, that seems really strange. He tells the woman to go and take out a loan. Well, you just read 13.8, Pastor, to us. Romans 13.8 says, keep out of debt. But the prophet said, hey, go to all your neighbors and borrow jars. Borrow not a few. And we saw that the limitation to the miracle in 2 Kings chapter 4 was that miracle was limited by the amount that the woman borrowed. But what made this opportunity uh, a godly one? It was led by the Holy Spirit. There have been times where, where we have, my wife and I, we have borrowed money that we normally wouldn't borrow for a purpose that we probably normally wouldn't be involved in. But we have seen the supernatural work in that. I am not telling you to go get a credit card because Elijah said that it's okay to borrow and go down to Kohl's and Nordstrom's or wherever else and load that thing up. Because you may find that it will take some faith to pay that off. Amen? That's why we have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. But we see an incredible miracle. And the oil did not stop flowing until the lady ran out of jars. And that's why it's so important that we're in tune with the Holy Spirit. So we have to have a mindset that's in tune with the Holy Spirit. Our mindset can be a limiting factor. And that's why in Romans, it says that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's important that our mindset change. Because if our mindset doesn't change, the Holy Spirit can speak to us. But if our mindset is wrong, if, if the things that... The, the, if we don't believe what God believes, we won't act upon what the Holy Spirit tells us. Why? Because our mindset will already be in, in, encrypted. And we, we learned that 85% of, of our um, mindset is developed by the time we're five years old. Isn't that incredible? By the time you're five years old. And so the way you respond to things aren't necessarily done by the conscious, but they're done unconsciously by the things that were programmed into your life when you were very, very young. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be transformed. We can be renewed. I had to do that because, man, I grew up in a lack, poverty situation. 
When my dad left and left my mom, she had to go on food stamps and, you know, we did, she worked and we did, she did whatever she could. I mean, she was, she was not lazy, she was really proactive about it. But there was a sense that, that, that when you were growing up, that it was just normal to have hand-me-downs. And there's nothing wrong with hand-me-downs if that's where you're at. But you don't have to stay there. You can change your mindset. I mean, I, I used to, what was this store called, Reruns or something like that? I remember when, when we lived here in 1984 and 1985, there was these big stores, they were full of clothes, Reruns. And in, and in Phoenix, we could go in, I bought a couple sport coats, they couldn't have been more than 2 or $3, but I had my first sport coats. Well, that was good 35 years ago, but it's not good today. At some point, we have to change our mindset and understand that God has a better provision for us. He has a kingdom provision for us. I guarantee you, when you get to heaven, you're not going to find a lot of broken down, used up stuff. It says the streets are, are, are pure gold, so, so pure you can see right through them. I mean, that's some kind of pure gold. Why? Because God doesn't have a money problem. So let's talk a little bit about mindset again. Go over with me to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. I want to read through this. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him, Jesus, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gezeneret. Now, this is the Sea of Galilee. Same plate. Galilee. I did it again. Sea of Galilee. It's the Sea of Galilee. Not Galilee. Maybe I really want to go to an art gallery. I don't know. Maybe that's what the Lord is speaking to me. Praise the Lord. And saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down, and he taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he turned and said to Simon, who we know becomes Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. We did everything you're supposed to do, Jesus, and we caught nothing. But then Peter said, Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down your nets. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets were breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. So what we see here is even though these fishermen had all the skill, all the ability, had all the, the, the knowledge, all the, the know-how, in order to be successful at their fishing business, they failed. They failed. They failed miserably. It says they caught nothing. I mean, I've had bad fishing days when you come in at least with one fish. Somebody caught something. This says they caught nothing. I mean, that is a real bad day's fishing. Amen? But Simon Peter became fully convinced. He became fully convinced when he had an encounter with faith. So Jesus sat down and was, was teaching the multitude. And at some point, Jesus had spoken something, and Peter had an encounter with faith. Why? Because Jesus is faith. 
In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. Jesus was with Almighty God in the beginning. Peter had an encounter like, like none other. He had an encounter with the Word. And, and when he did, he became fully convinced. We need to become fully convinced to experience multiplied increase. We could easily just stop there and just, just stop the message and go, man, just, you need to be fully convinced in what Jesus said to receive multi multiplied increase. We could definitely leave it there. But I think it's important that we look at the resistant forces that were at play in their scenario because these same resistant forces are resisting your ability in order to experience the blessing of God in any area of your life, not just in the financial area, but in the spiritual area, in the area of peace and family. There are resistant forces at work. These resistant forces are a mindset. See, it's our perception of a situation or circumstances that keep us from experiencing kingdom increase. It's our perception of them. I mean, think, think about this. I wrote this down. Think about this. You know, what about you? Maybe you got involved in an investment in a multi-level marketing business or some other business and it failed. You didn't, you didn't have the outcome that you were expecting. And maybe this past experience has led you to the place where you believe it can't be done. I can't do it. It can't be done. I don't have the capability. See, that's a mindset based upon a situation and circumstances. There are many people that believe that God answers every prayer, but sometimes he says no. See, it's easy to allow what we see in our own circumstances to shape our reality. It's easy to allow our circumstances, the things that have happened to us, to shape our reality. And then we judge the circumstances based upon what we're experiencing instead of based upon what reality really is. What do you mean what reality really is? See, this is, this is reality. This is what reality really is. The Word of God is our reality. If not... If this doesn't become our reality, it's easy to say, well, sometimes God answers prayer, and sometimes it's no. And when you get that mindset, when you get that mentality, guess who he's always saying no to? You. Other people are experiencing the yeses, but it seems to be you because your mindset is programmed for the no. But when your mindset gets programmed with the Word of God, where he says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it, and with me, it's yes and amen. You reprogram your mindset to the yes. Now you become in a position to experience the multiplied increase that God has for us. Go with me really quick to Romans 4.17. I just want to read the last half of this. We're just going to catch some scriptures here real quick. God who gives life to the dead, and then what does he do? He calls those things that be not as though they are. You know, I love Romans 4, because we're not going to go on, but it says, contrary to hope, Abraham refused. He absolutely refused to look at the circumstances he was facing. The fact that he was 100 years old, and the fact that Sarah's womb appeared to be dead for 99 years. He refused. Go with me to Mark eleven twenty three. Mark eleven twenty three. it says, For assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, 
be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Whatever he says. I'm not exactly sure where it is in Genesis. It's around chapter 20, or around chapter somewhere probably 13 to 17. You can go find it later if you want. But this is when Moses is going into Pharaoh and telling him, let my children go. Let us go worship God. A three days journey. Do you know what God says to Moses? He says, Moses, speak your word and it will be done. God didn't say to him, Moses, I will do it. Don't worry about it. No pressure on you, Moses. He told Moses, speak your word and I will do it. See, there's a difference. We need to realize that our mindset is hindering us. We are not speaking God's mindset many times because many times we are too bound up by what we see walking by sight that we limit ourselves and our ability to walk in faith. And yet in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, doesn't it say that we walk by faith, not by sight? And if our mindset is that, oh, you know, it never works out for me, that, oh, you know, sometimes God says no, and uh, this, this is probably one of those times, then our mindset will hold us, will hold us back. It's easy to allow See, our circumstances to shape us. It's easy to allow our past experiences to shape us. When in fact, faith validates God's reality for us. It validates God's reality for us. You know, it's real interesting. You know, sometimes people, and I would say probably me at some point too, you know, always want to come up with, you know, some kind of of negative. Well, what about 9-11? Well, you know, remember, God gave everybody free will, right? He gave sinners and saints both free will. It rains on the just, and it rains on the unjust. And, and God is a God of faith. And sometimes what happens is when we start talking about God being a God of faith and changing our mindset, we, we get into this thing to think, oh, well, this is real easy. You mean I can just call things that be not as though they are? And then we start thinking that, that God is... How many remember the movie Aladdin? You know, when I was a kid, that, yeah. Yeah, he, he rubbed a, a jar or a pot or a, a lamp or whatever it was, you know. And, uh, um, you know. and sometimes we think God is like that. We just think, hey, well, this faith stuff's easy. I just got to tell God what I want, you know, and then he'll, he'll do this. I'll just tell them I want my kids saved, and tomorrow my kids will be saved. I'm just rubbing the faith lamp, waiting for God to pop out and grant me my... my, But God is not like that. God is a God of faith. And I wish, I mean, you know, inside of me, I wish that it would be easy, that I could just read one scripture, and then anything that I want would appear the next day. But where would the faith be in that? There's no faith in that. And so people ask me, do you really believe God will do that? Well, absolutely. Well, when will he do it? Well, the when is not my, my job. The he will is my job. The having faith is my job. Abraham had the promise, but it was years. He got the promise at 75 and didn't have the kid till he was 100. That's a lot of years. And sometimes if we don't see something in, in a day, a week, a month, a year, two years, well, I guess it wasn't God's will. Well, now what happened is you, you just trampled your seed. 
God is not a genie in a bottle. He's a faith God. I mean, look over, uh, if you want to, in Acts, I think it's 28.8. There's a guy over there named Publius. His father was sick. Paul goes into him, lays hands on him, and miraculously heals him. Paul, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He's a man of faith. He's such a man of faith that when he went on crusades, he took his own doctor with him. I mean, that almost seems like an oxymoron. Well, if you're a man of faith and believe in God's healing, what do you need a doctor for? Well, Paul was regularly getting drug out of cities, stoned and left for dead. Nice to have a doctor around when that's happening, ain't it? But somehow we think that he is like Captain America. Got drug out of the city, stoned, and none of it hurt him. And he just popped right up, grabbed his shield, and went right back to, to, to the faith fight. Why did Paul have to endure all of that stuff? Why, why did, wasn't there a cloud or a shield around him? Because he had to walk by faith just like us and encounter other people of free will. Some of them literally possessed by the devil. I mean, we, we experience those same, same things. So we have to change our mindset. We have to realize that everything that we ask God for, according to his word, is ours. And that circumstances don't, don't determine whether or not it's going to come to pass or not. And we are not the judges of time. Remember, God, God is not sitting on earth watching, watching himself rotate around the sun. He set the sun and the earth and the planets. He has, there's no time for God, but he's never late. That I know. He's never late. Sometimes I wish he'd show up a little earlier, but he's never late. So now go over to, to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 20, and what do we see? In 2 Timothy 4.20, we see Trophius, who was part of Paul's ministry team. And while they're there in Malta and Paul's getting ready to leave, he's sick. And Paul had to leave him there sick. So Paul didn't have anything that you didn't have. He had to have a mindset. I mean, I, to me, it's very interesting that this, this verse is in, in the Bible. That he says, I left Trophius in Malta sick. Does that mean that God's power had, had left Paul and, and, he, and he didn't have the power? Because I, I can assure you from reading the life of Paul that he laid hands on him. They prayed for him. But Paul had to stand in faith and, and so did Trophius. He had to stand in faith just like you and I do. Believing God. So sometimes people say, well, pastor, it's not working. First off, quit saying that. Things work in the invisible before they become visible. Our increase is working in the invisible to become visible. The kingdom financial system operates not in accordance with the Babylonian system. Our system works through our faith, through our, and our faith is always pronounced in our words because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It, took, it was years ago, but there was a time where I used to say, well, I can't afford that. I don't say that anymore. I say, how can I afford that? Because I realized by saying I can't afford that, my mindset had gone back to my childhood when mom and dad used to tell me, hey, we can't afford that. We can't afford the new ones. We can't afford to go there. We can't afford to do this. And I had to destroy that mindset. I can afford anything that God has promised me. Why? Because I don't have to pay for it. I have to believe for it. He pays for it. And so now... I don't say I can't afford it. I say, how can I afford it? Holy Spirit, show me how I can, how I can afford this. How, I can, how are you going to bring this, this to pass? It, we have to change our mindset if we're going to walk into multiplied. 
increase into the promise of God. We cannot allow circumstances to form our reality. Because if we allow circumstances to form our reality, we will be uh, subdued by this world. 2 Corinthians 10.5, remember? That it, that it talked about uh, the, the minefield, the, 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 the fact that our minds were being attacked when we were talking about spiritual armor. It talked about the fact that, that vain imaginations. What's a, va- a vain imagination? A vain imagination is anything, remember, that is contrary to the Word of God. That is a vain imagination. Anything that's contrary to the Word of God. Anything that tells you you can't. Anything that tells you that, that you don't have the ability, don't have the resources. That's a vain imagination. And we're told to do what with those? Cast them down. We're not told to speak them out. We're not told to ponder upon them. If we're going to walk in kingdom financial prosperity, there's only one way to do it, and that's God's way. We have to be in the kingdom system in order to experience the kingdom system. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Well, praise the Lord. We're going to stop here. Hallelujah. It is so important that we understand that God wants us to have his mindset. He wants us to be renewed with his mindset. You know, it all starts when we get born again. I mean, that is where our mindset can, can literally, has, we, we've been changed. We became a new creature when we got born again. We have an opportunity then now to change our mindset. If you're watching my live stream, you can change your mindset. You don't have to be bound by what the world thinks, but it all starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where it all starts. That's our foundation. And that's why it's so important that we connect people with Jesus. And God made it so easy for us. He said, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. See, and it'll come with time. I, I didn't understand. I mean, how many of us understood at all when we got saved? You know, it was like, no, what I knew is what I had was failing. And what the Bible said I could have was a whole lot better. I got tired of failing and was ready to succeed in life. I was ready to give up my burdens and receive peace. I was ready to, to con- be able to confront my problems with the problem solver. And that's what it is to come into the kingdom of God. You know, and sometimes... We, we, we try to make it too complicated. But I'm telling you, if you're watching this morning and you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's easy. Just talk to him like you'd talk to, to your best friend. Just, Jesus, come into my heart. Save me, and I'll live for you. It's simple. And then get hold of somebody who can help you grow. And that's what we're here for. Feel free to send us an email. Go to our website, ValorCC. Dot com and, and send us a prayer request. Let us know, and we'll have one of our ministry staff here contact you. We'd love to pray with you, and we'd love to help you get started with your feet on solid ground. Amen? Amen. You have been listening to a recording from the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center with senior pastors Scott and Tina Whitwab. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to pray this simple prayer with me now. Jesus, According to Romans 10.9, your word says, If I confess you as Lord and Savior and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that you would come into my heart and I would be saved. I now confess and believe that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, please contact our office so that we may rejoice together with you. Call Valor Christian Center at 480 480- 480 
480-545-4321. That's 480-545-4321. Or by email at info at valorcc.com. That's info at valorcc.com. Or by mail to the church address at 3015 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona, 85296.